0: the kids that just wanted a mask. When we were kids, you get one and it's not great. So you try to customize it and then eventually you find out you can actually make these things. It's a difficult process, but it's not unlike making a pottery.
1: Over the past 12 years, Trick or Treat Studios has expanded from select masks to dozens of products serving everyone from end consumers to haunts. And as you'll hear, on the date we recorded, they just signed a new iconic license. But before we get into all that, you might be wondering why it matters. Well, Halloween is an ecosystem. What consumers see in stores and when they see it directly impacts haunted attractions. Retail primes attendees for certain themes and prepares them to attend events. Plus, if your haunt has a merchandise store, you can set up direct relationships with wholesalers and carry those items in your store. So, with all that in mind, this is the first episode in our mini-series covering some of the haunt-friendly wholesalers from this year's Halloween and Party Expo in Las Vegas. We'll kick off this mini-series with Trick or Treat Studios. Stay with us. Support for this episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. From Netherworld to Dark Hour, Area 15, and even Haggard's Motorbike, Gantam goes where other fixtures can't. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com demo. That's gantam.com slash demo. Alright, back to Trick-or-Treat Studios. I sat down with the founders Chris and Justin on the show floor, and we started by reviewing some of their favorite new offerings for 2022.
2: I really like the villains of Scooby Doo, and I really, really love the mask that Justin sculpted this year. The witch mask, I think, is
1: just fabulous. That was Chris Zephro, co founder and president.
0: I'd say my favorite would be the Toxic Crusader, since I spent so much time with that one
1: and justin mayberry co-founder and vp of art direction
0: so we have these halloween three masks they're they're plastic they're they're a little scaled down from the larger latex ones but the one that comes in a box will glow in the dark and then they'll be sold separately non-glow the boxed ones will have costumes like the old uh ones from your childhood
2: i mean that was how it worked right you were in the fire retardant yeah. Costume and the really paper thin and uh, vacuum form mask with the rubber band that would always break. Yeah.
0: So you yeah. carry your mask most of the yeah. night.
1: Of course, you started the kind of mask retail and now you're picking up more IPs and you're also expanding what you offer. I feel like you're straddling different markets here. Can you talk a little bit about okay. that evolution? Believe it or not, the evolution that, that the company has
2: progressed to was pretty much planned from the beginning. We wanted to establish ourselves with masks as we felt there was a really good opportunity there because some of our favorite mask companies were either gone or weren't doing masks anymore. So a lot of the stuff wasn't up to the standards of what we liked when we were kids. So we thought that would be a good starting point. And then we progressed into costumes and then started introducing collectibles, which made a lot more sense to evolve into the action figures, the higher-end collectibles, and then we also took on some passion projects too, for me, the tabletop gaming industry. Yeah, for Justin, even more of the of the figures, and, and, and definitely in the scales that he and I both grow up loving.
0: We also wanted to make stuff that wasn't viewed as seasonal. In the early days, it was kind of, wouldn't you say it was difficult trying to explain to the banks? <laughs>
2: It was always difficult to try and explain to the banks, but they certainly they certainly love us now. <laughs>
0: yeah, I understand well, don't you guys need money at, in October? No no no, we need money now, so we're ready for October. Yeah. Oh, I bet you guys are popular around Halloween. no nope. <laughs> we're popular in January. Yes. We were. We're stressed yeah to the gills and at Halloween. <laughs> yeah but now I mean it's a lot of the products
2: are evergreen. Even the masks, for that matter, a lot of people buy them year-round collectors, but we wanted to move into more evergreen items, e- You know, even things like pins and air fresheners and things that uh, horror-based things that people can enjoy year-
1: and buy year-round and collect. That leads me to the question, is, is that year-round philosophy? Is that kind of why you are choosing the properties and the masks you're choosing? I think
2: we just got licenses of things that we liked and that we thought were cool and that we thought would sell. I think some of the categories were more, fo- you know, trying to figure out more evergreen things that people would collect year round.
1: You mentioned something about wanting to have good masks of properties that you like, and especially underrepresented characters like the villains, which I totally agree with. I, I love this because I always found the villains more interesting.
0: Well, growing up, there weren't any Scooby Doo villain masks. I don't know a makeup effects artist or horror fan that's not a Scooby Doo fan.
2: Sure. But also doing the famous monsters the universal monsters you know we wanted to do some characters that no one had done before like i don't remember seeing you know Ar- artemis bay
0: bay or the man who laughs
2: or werewolf of london frankly and if they were they were you know limited release but then of course we really like the hammer horror stuff too
1: Let's talk a little bit about the Chucky doll you have here. Uh, I heard that you're playing on keeping the head replaceable so you can have different looks on it.
0: We were probably on our fourth doll, and they're, they're what? Six hundred dollars, seven, five hundred, between five to seven. And we, and we started thinking, well, should we do four or five other dolls, or should we do one master doll that has the magnetic hand and neck ports where you can buy heads separately that way? If you just want to collect the heads, you can, or the accessories, but now you can just buy the one, one doll and interchange the parts because we have multiple different heads coming, too. It would be kind of hard to do that with the way we did the good guy doll originally, and that was a very difficult doll to make because no one had ever made a good guy doll full size. Not that scale. So it took a lot of time and a lot of factories until we finally landed where we landed. After we did the other Chucky and the Tiffany and Glenn, we're starting to rack up dolls there. So it felt like, well, maybe we'll do something to where you can kind of build your own character. You know, so we have the bloody face one coming out from three. We have Tommy. Yeah,
2: Tommy. Yeah, no,
0: yeah, the one that's looked like the pizza face.
2: The Tommy, which is kind of the very neutral head and hands.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit about the subject that's on everyone's minds, inflation and supply chain.
2: So I think inflation's inevitable, especially with the previous administration putting an arbitrary 25 percent tax on imports in the U.S., which, you know, is kind of a fundamental misunderstanding about what, you know, a global supply chain <laughs> looks like and where materials and factories are, right? but So I think that's gonna happen regardless. But as far as supply chain, we always recommend ordering early. I mean, all of our stuff is 100, especially the mass, are 100% handmade. So there's only so much capacity in a day. And just at the volume that we're producing at, I think it's always a really good idea to get your stuff in early. But even more so now, we haven't been super impacted by delays because we plan ahead pretty well. But again, there's a limited amount of capacity. And if you want something really bad, I'd recommend either pre-ordering it or getting your orders in now for the season.
1: What else does the future hold for you all? And where do you see Halloween evolving?
2: Halloween, I I think it's, you know, always going to be a very, very popular seasonal holiday. It's second only to Christmas. You know, the average spend that that Americans spend on Halloween goes up every year. Not to mention the fact that there's a lot of international appeal, too. So it's growing in places like Mexico and the U.K. And So I think the, the future of Halloween it, it is going to continue to be a very popular holiday. For us, I mean, we're just going to keep getting into categories that that we find interesting and that really are either untapped or, or or not fulfilled to the level of quality that we think they can be. What do you think in terms of
0: product line development? Definitely more
2: figures, collectibles.
0: Yeah, definitely more figures. We have literally probably working on 40 figures right now. By, next, by this time next year, we'll be quite different. <laughs> you know, we'll have a lot more figures. But we're also working on a lot more masks, not as many as usual. We're trying to do things that really matter, like really count, you know, try not to take on licensing that, like in the past when we were starting out, we were off, we'd take what we were offered. Now you can kind of pick and choose what you want to do. So we're still holding out for like Friday the 13th and stuff like that. We've been
2: working on it for 11 years to complete the Halloween collection, right? The Halloween franchise. And we just signed today uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 1 and 2, which is great. I mean, we had it almost done like four or five years ago, but the Weinstein group went away and then just went in limbo for an eternity. But, you know, I just kept pushing, 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 and we finally landed who the owners are now and made them an offer they couldn't refuse, really, and they, they, they gave it to us, so we're really excited. We've got those original toolings and paint masters ready to go so i think as soon as we get back we'll start the process of getting them in production i'd love to see some of them this halloween if we could pull it
0: off so we're really stoked yeah the, like like i said there's a birthday every day so the action figures sell really well so we're going to move more into those more into games might be getting into posters and stickers yeah definitely stickers <laughs> puzzles puzzles <laughs> yeah Because some of the
2: artwork for the tabletop games are magnificent, would make killer puzzles.
0: and People love those. We're just going to keep doing what we do. We've done whatever we wanted for the most part. That seems to be working out. So we're just hoping other people want what we want.
1: Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope. I recorded this episode on January 13th, 2022 at the Halloween and Party Expo in Las Vegas. Support for this episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com demo. We release a free weekly industry newsletter. Sign up on our website or at the link in our show notes. The Haunted Attraction Network team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Luis Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Maximus Bryant.